brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hey, everybody. It's the Between the Ropes podcast. Brian Fritz here. Special podcast with SummerSlam right around the corner. And who better to speak with than a very special person, our special friend, Dave LaGreca from the Busted <laughs> Open show on SiriusXM. You're very special, Dave. Thank you, Brian. So are you. And I don't mean that in a certain connotation either. You are special because you are a unique, great guy. How's that? Well, that's well. actually, uh, that's completely the different way than I was explaining you, but okay, Damn whatever. It. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody can listen to a busted open monday through friday 9 a.m to noon eastern uh sirius xm fight nation channel 156 and if you're not doing it already believe it or not busted open now available on podcast on itunes wherever you get your podcasts at so the daily podcast that is out every day kind of like a, a best of of what happened during uh each show on uh sirius xm you're on youtube you're just branching out to every kind of medium form now aren't you yeah you know you know what they do when they have something successful they try to milk it as much as they possibly can so you know it, it, it's actually cool because before you can only hear busted open if you were a subscriber to series xm but now being on apple itunes and pandora and like i like you mentioned some of our big interviews are up on youtube so there's a lot of ways uh to listen to mark and bully and tommy and myself so I'm looking forward to you know, getting a lot of feedback from people who aren't necessarily subscribers to SiriusXM. And then also everybody that is going to be in uh, Toronto for SummerSlam coming up uh, on next Sunday, people can stop by the uh, rec room, which is right across the street from uh, Scotiabank Arena, where SummerSlam is going to be taking place for the Busted Open SummerSlam pre-show. It'll be Dave and Mark Henry from 3 to 5 Eastern, so people can go over to the rec room. They can uh, be part of the show. It's free to the public. And then right afterwards, you yeah. can go right across the street and go over to SummerSlam. And that's the best part is, you know, that's my favorite word, Brian, It's free. So uh, it's free. You don't have to pay a cover charge. And, you know, Mark is very accessible after the show. So, you know, come and be a part of it. We're going to have some great guests as well. So, you know, if you're going to be partying before SummerSlam, Come hang out at the rec room with Mark Henry and I. Don't well, get to hang out with the world's strongest man every single day. So take advantage of it and come to the rec room on uh, August 11th. One of the things I love about Mark is Mark is one of the nicest, most affable guys. And obviously, Mark is a very big, bulking figure, you know, but he, he looks like a, a, a big, strong teddy bear. But what what's the story behind Mark not like being hugged? 
Yeah, just you know, there's certain people like that, man. That just they don't like being touched by strangers. You know, obviously, if he knows you, he's going to come up to you and give you a big hug. But if he doesn't know you and you're coming from behind and you're touching him for his shoulder from behind or something like that, it's just like, you know, when you're when you're dealing with the world's strongest man, you you probably sometimes want to tread lightly. Just a word of advice. I will tell you this: that um, years ago, when I actually covered some MMA as well. Uh, I came up behind Randy Couture before, and this was months before his fight with Brock Lesnar. And I did put my hand on his shoulder and luckily he did not attack me. So, well, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe he saw it coming, maybe he has intuition, you know, or maybe he just didn't find you threatening. Nobody should ever find me threatening. (laughs) Come on. But you're right about Mark. Mark is like the sweetest, nicest guy on the face of the earth. Seriously, he is—he's an amazing person. So, and, and very for, lucky to be doing a show with him. Yeah, and, and for anybody that hasn't been to like one of the busted open events too, Mark knows how to play a crowd, as do you. So, it will be a good time for you guys pumping up everybody, getting ready for uh, SummerSlam out there at the Rec Room uh, on Sunday, and people can go out there and have a a great time. Now, when it when it comes to SummerSlam itself, tell me if you feel the same way because obviously SummerSlam is you know, arguably the second biggest show of the year for WWE behind WrestleMania. You can say the Royal Rumble might be the second biggest show. It doesn't matter. But I mean, it's right up there. It's one of their, their biggest shows of the year. And while we know this is going to be a, a big event for them, to me, kind of the way the card is coming together and even what they've done or, or that they've announced so far, it just kind of feels, it feels a little bit weird. It feels a little bit strange. It's not that it doesn't feel big. It's I don't know. I, I guess part of it is they've only announced what we think is about half the card or maybe maybe two thirds of it with nine matches. And even one of those matches we expect to be changed. And even the stuff that they have on there, it just it feels like it hasn't been long builds for the most part, just kind of been slapped together stuff. And I think we're going to get some more things that are just kind of be coming together over the last week without much of a build going into SummerSlam. Yeah, Brian, you're 100% right. I mean, this this show has no juice. Like that's probably the term I would use. It just doesn't have any juice. And I don't remember a SummerSlam card and, and not really the card. Cause like you said, there's some good matches, but I don't remember a SummerSlam that like there was really no buzz or excitement about, you know, usually when you're right around this time, people are hyped, people are excited. This is when, you know, like you said, it's just, you know, arguably the second biggest WWE show of their calendar year. And I, nobody's really talking about it. There isn't a buzz. There isn't an excitement around it. And I feel the same way. Like you're, you're mentioning, you know, us doing the show at the rec room. I'm more excited about that and seeing the fans than I am about what's going to be happening down the road. Just a few hours after we sign off on Sunday. And it just, it, 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 I don't know if it's, with the WWE programming right now, I mean, I think, Brian, you would agree that, you know, the most watched show was the reunion show where they didn't really put over any of their talent on the roster. And in the world of pro wrestling right now, even though we're this close to SummerSlam, most people are talking about AEW right now. It just doesn't feel like there's a lot of juice to SummerSlam. Yeah, there's not. And there's, there's not long-term programs when the way that they put this together. I mean, I guess the two matches you can look at to say, well, three that have had longer term programs are going to be Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins, but it's being built up 
the same way that they did WrestleMania between these two. I think the only difference we expect this time is them to have actually a real match without something happening before the bell rings. But even then, they've got to explain Seth Rollins taking this incredible beating on uh, on Raw last week. Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon's kind of a, a long build as well, or a longish build. And then um, AJ against Ricochet. You know, that, that's been a little bit of a longer build as well. But outside of that, everything just kind of, it just kind of came together, you know, over the last week or two. And like Becky Lynch and Natalia and Bailey and Ember and Kofi and Randy. The, we haven't gotten a, a big, long build to something that that's new and fresh. Even the ones that have had longer builds, it's stuff that we've, we've seen before, minus the uh, the AJ and Ricochet, man. Yeah, well, well, look. let's look at the top matches. Like you mentioned, Bailey and Ember Moon doesn't have a lot of juice to that match. Why? Because you saw Ember Moon get pinned last week and also, you know, you know, get attacked by Bailey. So, you know, it's tough enough to buy into Ember Moon being in a championship match, but they didn't do any, any favors last week on SmackDown. And then, and then you look at Natalia and Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch was the hottest thing coming, after, coming out of WrestleMania, but what did they do? Almost immediately, they had her drop one of the belts. Uh, you, you look at Seth Rollins and, and Brock Lesnar, it's, you know, we've seen it before. Plus, I don't know if the fans are as enthused about Seth Rollins as they were going into WrestleMania. So, you know, you're right about the build. Heck, what was the build with Trish Stratus and Charlotte? Trish is a guest on, you know, the King's Court and Charlotte comes out and boom, a match is made. They could have had a, a nice story building to the announcement of that match where, you know, maybe Trish is saying, you know, I, I'm, I'm retired. I don't want to step back into the ring again. And then the fans get behind her and finally she agrees. It's like it all happened. The whole story was built in, in a five minute segment on SmackDown. And I think you're 100 percent like this. It doesn't seem to be any stories or build in all those top matches we're going to see on Sunday. And I don't see why it's so difficult to not have those stories in there. I'm not saying that they've got to be, you know, three months long. We're not going to see that in WWE anymore, but we could have had something that was five, six, seven weeks. I think for these, even, even if you go back before their last, you know, quote unquote, pay-per-view before extreme rules, I mean, you can, you can start laying the groundwork for a lot of this stuff and they just have not done that. And everything's just kind of been slapped together, you know, here for this show. I mean, Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton, I will give them this that this is one of the few times where they've kind of gone back into the archives and they brought out footage to say, Hey, there's a real backstory here and let, let's tell it, you know, and they, they've told that story. They've shown some of that footage. I'll give them credit for that, even though they haven't, you know, done much, you know, um, or it's just kind of come together over the last couple of weeks. But you know, where, where's the backstory? Where's the real, you yeah. know, feeling and emotion that gets into some of this, you know, I mean, hell, I mean, we're going to get to, we're, I mean, how many matches do you think we're going to get in this show when it's all said and done? Because right now they've got nine and one of them is, is not going to happen. But I mean, we're, I'm thinking yeah. we're going to get like what, 15, 16 matches? I, I mean, I would think it's around that, around that 14, 15 matches. So here we are going into the last week. And like you said, you know, probably a quarter of that card, if not more, hasn't even been announced yet. Yeah. I mean, and with, you probably could figure out a couple of them, but why are you waiting until days before your one of your biggest shows? You know, and and you're right. You know, back when we were growing up, you would know a big card like this. You know, two almost three months out, but geez, could you give us two three weeks out? It's it, it's crazy how they just 
throw things together. And, and, and SummerSlam should be bigger than, than, than doing something like that. And I think two of their bigger matches are going to be announced this week and kind of weird ways in that. Okay. So Dolph Ziggler right now is advertised for the Miz. Uh, we do not believe that match is going to take place. I mean, there's a better yeah. reason why Bill Goldberg's name or why Ziggler's been name dropping Goldberg, you know, over the last couple of weeks. I mean, like the first time he did it, I was just like, well, that's weird. Like, are they doing something there? And then when he did it the second time, I was just like, all right, you know, they're going to do that match. And then I was, I was really surprised that they said, Hey, we're going to officially announce Ziggler versus Miz. And I was just like, wait a second. That makes no sense. He's been name dropping Goldberg and they're going to do some kind of angle. We expect on raw now to where they officially announce Ziggler against Goldberg. But it's like, you're bringing back Bill Goldberg on SummerSlam and you're doing it six days before the show. Yeah. It makes no sense. Like, if you're bringing Goldberg back, I would hope that it's to, to sell tickets and to, to, to gain attention and to get some, you know, mainstream attention for your show. And, and you're going to do it less than a week, make it official less than a week before the actual show. And same thing with Trish Stratus. Like you do that, the, you know, you know, like a week before SummerSlam, that's something you want to build for weeks to, you know, gain momentum. I, I it's very strange how they, they're doing things. Now, maybe it's because, you know, we know there's a little bit of a turnover and, you know, with Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff getting involved and stuff like that. I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure out why they're doing all this so late in the game. You know, when, when we talk about those two guys, I think for people that watch on a regular basis like us, we've seen Raw for the last couple of weeks and we can kind of see that, quote unquote, you know, Paul Heyman's fingerprints all over that show with, with some of the, the angles and some of the things that they're doing there and, and the way that they've even structured that show where now it's like, okay, the eight o'clock hour, the first hour of the show, that's going to be more the, the sports entertainment stuff. And as the show goes on longer through the night, it's like, it gets more adult where the kind of the, the heavy angles, storylines, like what they did last week with Lesnar beating up Rollins and Seth is bleeding and even the brawl to end the show. All of that's done very late. That's 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 in the ten o'clock hour. That's kind of the adult hour of the show. And then when it comes to SmackDown, I don't know what kind of influence of any Eric Bischoff has on that. And I don't know if some of that's just because he has not been a part of the company like Heyman has. He's coming in, and it's just kind of like let's get him acclimated a little bit more. And and there's a lot more stories coming out about SmackDown, like oh we're reshuffling things at the last minute and then the, the whole show is being reworked and it's kind of haphazardly coming together. And that those are stories we used to hear about raw not too long ago. And now we're starting to hear them a little bit more on SmackDown. Yeah. yeah no, you're absolutely right. There's all these reports and scuttlebutt about, you know, the show's planned and then it's thrown out the window and everything's rewritten. And you're right. Those are kind of like those nightmare stories that we heard about Monday night raw. And then it's just so weird that we're talking about all these things so close to SummerSlam, and it, it it just feels like to me, Brian, and tell me tell me if I'm wrong. It just feels like the WWE hasn't been able to get their foot in since WrestleMania 35. It just feels like there hasn't been a, a confirmed or definitive plan coming out of you know like an historic WrestleMania like we saw in New Jersey in April. You know, with with everything that happened in that main event and you know new champions coming out, it, it just feels like they've never really gotten their foot. In. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Well, I think some of that too is when you start seeing numbers go down and it's just like, okay, what are we going to do to fix it? But it's not, I don't think they look enough or give up too soon when it comes to a long-term fix. I think sometimes you have to take that step back to take steps forward. It's just like, okay, what are you going to do that's different? That's going to get people more invested in this. And instead it's just like, they look at it on a week to week basis. And and I get that to some extent because, you know, they're, they're playing to different masters, you know, they're, they're playing to, you know, the networks and whatnot. They're playing for that rating that they're trying to get and they don't want it to dip any lower, but it's like, you, you've got to lay some better um, foundation, some better groundwork that's going to build up to get people more interested and care and come back on a week to week basis, rather than just trying to pop a number when you do a raw reunion show. And then you don't even do a big angle on that show. That's going to get people saying, Hey, I got to come back next week because I saw what they did on that show. And that got me interested. So now, Hey, I haven't been watching wrestling on a regular basis, but that's hooking me to where I'm going to watch again next week. And they, they didn't do that with that reunion show. Yeah, the Royal Reunion, to me, was a flop. And the fact that, was it fun? Yeah, of course, and seeing all the legends. It was more like a parade than anything else. It's like, here, we're going to throw out all these legends, have them come out, and you can show your appreciation, and then next week it's right back to business. Like you said, why not have angles on that show that's going to hook people in that, you know, either A, have never watched your show before, or B, maybe haven't watched your show in 10, 15 years. And they didn't do any of that outside of like the Mick Foley Bray Wyatt segment. They didn't. They didn't use their returning legends in any way positive for the weeks that followed. And I think the proof is in the pudding when you look at that. The rating last week after the Raw reunion was even less than the week before the Raw reunion. They actually lost viewers after you know not even not even from the Raw reunion, but from the week before that. It's crazy that they didn't use those legends in a more positive way to hook them. And then, I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but then on SmackDown, you had the whole Roman Reigns fiasco at the end where they felt that that was a segment that's going to hook people to, to, to watch the next week. And I, I thought that that cliffhanger segment that they had at the end of the show came off, you know, kind of hokey. And it, I don't know if that hooked anybody at all. That was one of the stranger whodunit things I've ever seen. In the standpoint that we didn't know exactly what happened. Then we figure out like some kind of scaffolding or whatever fell on Roman and he's trapped. But yet somehow he easily gets out of there without any help. And then he's walking around and he's like, I'm fine. I don't need any help. I'm good. I'm fine. And you're like, then what the hell just happened? And 
then since then WWE keeps putting out their notes on their website like oh it was uh it was an accident by a forklift driver and then it's like oh we still don't know the who the forklift driver was and it's just it's like what the hell is going on here man i mean it's supposed to be the if you're going to do a who done it angle don't you actually have to have uh somebody really get hurt and care that yeah. somebody tried to get you <laughs> injured in this thing like it, it, it looked like you know just some boxes fell and then you know it fell you know it just nearly missed him and then you know like you said he got up and he was fine and there wasn't a scratch on him he wasn't limping he was completely fine he's like i'm fine like right, is so the point the, of it like the story ends right there you know right i mean <laughs> is, i mean is the point of it like he's roman reigns he can't you know he's superman he can't show that he got hurt i'm like no that's the point he can show that he get hurt because he he's not infallible in that in that manner like he can be hurt but he can also come back to get revenge i mean that's that's what they're going to do here they're just doing it in a manner where he didn't get injured and then the, i thought the other weird thing about this whole thing was because i mean like everybody else are all trying to figure out like okay who did it and you know people have got these screenshots of buddy murphy backstage you know he was around the area but it, we know it's not gonna be buddy but you were thinking like, okay, well, Roman's been interacting with Samoa Joe lately. Okay, that makes sense. Maybe even Drew McIntyre. You know, they did that at WrestleMania, but it makes sense because they were all involved in this brawl, whatever. And then come to find out, it sounds like it's going to be Daniel Bryan as the mysterious forklift driver. And it's going to be Daniel Bryan against Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. And to me, to just kind of slap that together in the last week before SummerSlam with no build, no rhyme, no reason, no... there. I, I won't even know what the explanation is from Daniel Bryan on why he did that. And I'm sure Daniel can make sense of it, but like to do all of this, what feels like a, a big match in you know the days leading up to this big show, just another one that just kind of feels weird. It's slapped together. And it's like, I didn't see this one coming. Yeah. It just, it, it makes no sense. And like, you're right. If he's, if Daniel Bryan's going to explain, it's going to have to do it on SmackDown. The last show before SummerSlam, like it just it it makes no sense. And I'll say this, Brian, like I think they've really dropped the ball on Roman. You know what Roman had to go through last year and battling cancer and coming back, and now you know now, now that he's back and performing again. I really thought when he came back, he was going to be. Hey, man, we're talking about one of the most popular wrestlers over the last couple of decades. And and they really haven't, in my opinion, booked him the right way. Like, this is somebody who should be so much bigger than who he is, especially after everything that he's been able to fight through. And he's kind of like just another guy on the roster. And they, they really haven't built him up the way that they should. I mean, I we, we should be talking about Roman Reigns being back in the main event. I mean, you spent all that time, all those years, trying to sell the fans on him being a champion and being a main eventer when the fans didn't want any part of it. And then he went through a real life situation and was able to overcome it. And then now's the, the time he decided to pull the plug on that. Like, I, I don't, am I missing something here? No. And I, and I totally agree with you on that one. And here, here's the two things that I would say that I, I kind of wonder about if, if WWE is looking at when it comes to that situation. Is it one, they're taking their time because they want to protect him in a way to where they make sure that fans cheer for him because they're still leery about fans booing him, especially coming off that situation. Or is it, okay, he's still in a really good spot, but we don't want to fully pull the trigger on him and put him in the main event 
uh, per se, when it comes to the championship in case his illness were um, worsens? Like, does it come back? Are they, are they worried about the leukemia coming back again? And they don't want to be in a position where he's the champion and he once again has to drop the title because of that. And, and that's one of those situations where you never know. I mean, it's, that's, that's what that illness is. That's what the disease is. I mean, we, yeah, didn't, true. we didn't know it was going to happen the last time. It just kind of came out of the blue. And Roman's been very open talking about like everything that he went through during that situation, the medicine he's on. He's still on medicine right now. He talks about how he doesn't have his hunger some days or he doesn't eat and he can get weak on, you know, mo- moments notice, but sometimes that passes pretty quickly. And sometimes he just has to fight through it because of this job. So I, I don't know what they are waiting for when it comes to fully pulling the trigger on him again. But I thought like, Oh, you know what? This is a horrible situation. This guy has been through, but think about how much bigger of a star he's going to be coming off of this because he was able to once again, you know, overcome the odds in the situation. And, uh, they haven't, they haven't really done too much about that for whatever reason. It's like they're holding off. Yeah. And I just feel like if they hold off too long, then, and then it's going to go right back to the way it was before. But they're holding off on so and, many different guys. I mean, they how long did they hold off on Daniel Bryan? And we're like, why are they holding off? Why are they holding off? The guy's back, but they held off. Why are they holding off on Drew McIntyre? Because for the longest time, or for a while there, it was just like, nobody's beaten Drew. Nobody has beaten Drew. Or nobody's pinned or submitted Drew, but he lost via countout. And then now it's just kind of like, Drew McIntyre's a big, tough guy that's kind of leering around. But now he'll lose, you know, at different times. And... He's not slated for a really big match at SummerSlam. We think he's going to face Cedric, but it's like there's there's so many different guys. You're sitting going, what are you waiting on? And you could say the same thing about Asuka. I mean, really, you know, Asuka at, at the Rumble, you know, made Becky tap, and it seemed like that was like the worst thing that could possibly happen to her career because after that, she was off a of TV for five weeks, and now she's in a tag team that's going absolutely nowhere. And she's probably one of the best women's wrestlers on your roster. Like it just, I, 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 sometimes some of their decision-making could get a little confusing to me. Right. And I mean, I'm not taking away from the talent. I mean, they, they've got incredible talent that are part of this roster. It's just, and, and I say that too, because not that they're necessarily listening, but there's so many different people and I get it when it comes to WWE talent that get apprehensive at people or get upset because they're like, Oh, you're putting us down and you're bashing us. And we're out here and we're busting our ass. And you know, we're doing everything that we can. I'm like, yeah, I get that. I'm not on you from that standpoint. I believe you're working hard and there's only so much you can do. I put it on the people that are making decisions on when it comes to storylines of the booking. And it's, you know, I know that's a very difficult job, especially with a roster this size and with all the programming that they have to deal with. But it's just like, can't there be a simpler way of doing this that, that, that that works for everybody in the long run? Yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know what the answer is, Brian. It is tough. Like, it, it is impossible. And it's impossible to please everybody. And I think the WWE tries to please everybody. And you know, when you try to do that, you please no one. And I think that's the situation they're in right now. So with this show being in Toronto, um, I'm, I'm putting the over-under on the broadcast team calling it Bizarro Land three and a half. Um, since Canadian audiences can react in a certain way, uh, when, when they do, let's talk about this one. Cause there's a, obviously a couple of big time Canadians that are going to be on the show, including Natalia challenging Becky for the, the raw women's championship. What do you, yep. what do you expect the reaction to be for that one? I, I, 
I, I guess it's probably going to be all Natalia, but I, I wonder if it's going to be more split. I think it's going to be more split. But again, this is what's challenging. Yeah, Becky Lynch is your most popular wrestler right now. I think she's hot coming out of WrestleMania. I don't, I don't know if they've really necessarily booked her the correct way coming out of WrestleMania, but she's still so over and so popular with the fans. So then you put her in a situation where she's wrestling Natalia in Canada. Like mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's bizarre. Like you said, it's, it's, you know, that crowd could be, you know, it's it, much like New York and Chicago, you know, you, you don't know how they're going to react to certain wrestlers in certain matches, but I think at best for Becky, it's going to be split or it could be even more for Natalia. It's, it, it's a very difficult situation for Becky to be in because I know for myself with the year that Natalia's had and, and somebody talked about who's the foundation of that women's division or really hasn't been given an opportunity and kind of got lost is Natalia. So she's kind of like in the same situation Becky was in, in that story with Charlotte, you know, I, I, I to me, she's the underdog that's never really gotten a lot of opportunities. And now, She's getting that opportunity. I know I'm cheering for Natalia uh, at SummerSlam. But at the same time, I, I don't think she's going to win. I think they've got too much invested in Becky right now. I mean, I could see them doing it. But to me, it would feel kind of weird from the standpoint, I'm not putting down Natalia because she's fantastic. But with the run that Becky has been on leading up you know, to WrestleMania, and then afterwards, it's been good, hasn't been as strong. But they've obviously got a lot invested in Becky to have Natalia and a match that was built up out of nowhere, uh, be the one that dethrones her, you know, for her second championship would feel a little bit weird to me. I think at the end of the day, there's going to be interference. I think we're going to get something's going to happen. Bret Hart? At the end of that match. Are you saying Bret Hart's going to get involved? Um, I was thinking Ronda Rousey. Uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned that name because. I was thinking the same thing from a standpoint that I think Rhonda's coming back to the company much sooner than anybody expected. I, I, you know, and I understand that she, she was talking about starting the family and she's stepping away, but she's been very, very active on social media. Mm-hmm. And if you notice, she's posting videos with, uh, you know, Devon, D- and there's, she definitely has not let this wrestling thing go even for a second. It wouldn't surprise me if we see her at SummerSlam. What did you think of the spoof trailer that she did where it's like a zombie attack, but it's tables attacking everybody and it's called tables? Yeah, I, I, I laugh. How can you have a, how can you not have bully in that video? You got to track <laughs> down a, bully. He's not around on a regular video. basis like Devon is. Devon's working for the company. Uh, bully's not. Well, there you go. Devon's working for the company. So, I mean, that was. Mm. That's easy enough to do. But yeah, I I mean, I don't think Rhonda is pregnant yet. I know that she talked about starting a family. I don't know if that's on hold now or if it was just one of those situations where she already knew that, hey, I'm just going to take some time off and I'm going to be coming back. I, I don't know what the situation is, but I mean, I, I just feel more and more when it comes to looking at her social media and you don't hear that she is pregnant yet. Not that she's going to make some grand announcement necessarily, but because that hasn't happened. And to me, uh, the one match that has always made sense to do at WrestleMania next year is the one-on-one match between Becky and Rhonda. And why not start the build right here at SummerSlam? Listen, um, 
I think it makes a lot of sense. You're right. We don't know personally what's, what's going on right now, but they need her, man. I mean, you, you could tell things have changed since she's been gone. A lot of fans hated on her. And a lot of fans were not, you know, we didn't appreciate her. I did. And I think that they really, really miss her right now. Oh, absolutely. They do. They totally miss her. That, you know, getting back to the, the crowd in Toronto, because they're typically one of the better crowds, but as good as the crowd is, I don't know if we're going to get like that legendary reaction that we got years ago, you know, when like Hollywood Hogan took on the rock at WrestleMania and then the crowd made the match. And that's the one that like turned Hogan from heel back to babyface. And I'm, I'm going to be very curious to see how much the crowd is into it because it's a very smart audience. They're going to root for who they're going to root for, but I don't know if they're going to be up for a lot of it considering that they are a smarter crowd and there could be pickier kind of like us and saying, Hey, you know what? We're, we're happy to be at SummerSlam, but it's not like, you know, we're emotionally invested into a lot of the matches that you've got going on here. I mean, they'll be behind, they'll be behind their favorites, especially when it comes to Canadians on this show. But outside of that, I'm kind of wondering what the reaction is going to be from that crowd. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good point. I really, I, I really can't tell like outside and, and even with the matches with, with, with Natalia, I don't know. Like we're saying, maybe it's going to be split. We don't know. I mean, we know obviously for sure Trish is going to get a huge, huge reaction going up against Charlotte, as she should because, you know, Charlotte's this ultra heel. But you're right. I don't know, like, what the reactions are going to be for these other matches. You know, even like with, like with a Kofi and Randy Orton, you know, Randy Orton, doesn't matter if he's a heel or a face. He's, he's a beloved wrestler for the wwe and with toronto and that smart crowd as you mentioned before i'm very curious of what the reaction is going to be and again there's not a lot of stories so i don't know if anyone's going to be emotionally invested in any of the stories that are being told with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details step into the world of power loyalty and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I think one of the biggest reactions, quite honestly, is going to be for Goldberg because when's the last time a Canadian audience got to see Goldberg live, uh, like in, in, you know, their country. And I think it's going to be just a very quick match between him and Ziggler. I mean, it's, I think it's going to be one of those, you know, like 90 second things. He's going to come out there and people are going to react to the, um, to him coming out to the ring and they're going to explode when he hits a spear. This is all, you know, Undertaker had that match at the last pay-per-view to kind of take the bad taste out of fans' mouths from the Saudi show. Yeah. This is the way for Goldberg to do it. It's, all, it's just because, you know, Goldberg doesn't want to end it from the way of what happened in Saudi. He, this is just a way of like, all right, this is going to be my final match. 
I maybe mean, you're right. It's gonna it's gonna be quick. Maybe well, interesting. Yeah, I don't know if it's gonna be. I mean, they've got another show coming up in Saudi Arabia later this year. They might want Goldberg oh, yeah, on it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I'm not going to go the route of uh, Shawn Michaels where he acts like that show never happened that he was on because he was on that show and I saw him wrestle. Uh, but oh you may- <laughs> Shawn tries to act like, oh, that doesn't count. I'm like, no, it does count, dude. I'm like, for me, I mean, for you, it doesn't. That's, you know, whatever. But I'm not, I'm not holding it against you for doing it, Shawn. But at the same time, it's just like, I mean, say what you want. But that was your last match. Not the, not the match that you had against Taker years ago at Mania. Uh, I, and by the way, speaking of Taker, I am I am shocked that he is not a part of this show because, you know, he was at the Saudi show against Goldberg, and obviously they did not have a good match, and I'm sure he was very disappointed in that. But when he teamed with Roman uh, at Extreme Rules, I mean, that's the best that I've seen that dude look in at least five years, if not longer. He was moving really good. He was motivated. You could tell that guy had a chip on his shoulder and he was going to go out there and say, hey, watch what I can do here. And then I really thought like, okay, well, maybe they could do Taker against Goldberg at SummerSlam to try to redeem himself. It makes sense to do the match again. Maybe Goldberg wants revenge because he took the loss there. Or you could do Taker against McIntyre, which I thought made a lot of sense as well. And instead, as of right now, Undertaker's not even a part of SummerSlam, but he was at Extreme Rules. Yeah, and he just signed that huge deal that's on that lifetime deal with the WWE that he's not a threat of going anywhere else. Um, I, I'm surprised, too. But like you said, you said it, as of now, who knows? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> you know, who, who, who knows what's going to happen over the next you know, 48 hours? So when it comes to Lesnar and Rollins, I... I'm not somebody that's against the match. I know some people are. I don't look at it as a Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns situation necessarily. And people got so tired of that. What I am a little bit disappointed by is that I just wanted to see a straight on one-on-one match. Let's not fight before the bell. We'll do the buildup. We'll do all of that stuff. Now that you're normally going to do, but we'll both go into the match, both go into it you know, as healthy as possible. You can have your pull-aparts and your showdowns or whatever on the shows leading up to it. And then we're going to get in there and we're going to have a real match and we're going to see who wins. And instead, they've gone this route of, nope, Lesnar's the champion. You know, he cashed in, he got the title back and now he's just bullying Seth around and he beat him silly this past week. And we assume Seth is going to be selling some kind of an injury. Uh, coming up at Raw on Monday. So, and he's going to go into the match banged up. I, I'm not exactly sure what story they're going to be telling here because from one standpoint, you could say, well, they're really invested in Seth. And is it going to be Seth had to overcome even more odds, not just Brock Lesnar and what he brings to the table, but he had to overcome going into the match injured and still being Brock Lesnar to make him kind of, uh, you know, a, a superhero of sorts. or is this going to be Brock Lesnar keeps the title. Seth has an excuse for taking a loss because he got beaten up so badly the week prior. And then Lesnar keeps the title going into the fall when we've got these new TV deals that go into effect. There's no way Brock Lesnar loses this title. Really? Yeah, I I, I can't see it. And and I think the reason is, is from what you just said, they want Brock as champion as, as they make these moves in the fall, it's going to be a very, very big fall for the WWE. 
and uh, they want Brock as champion. Right now on this roster, he's their, one of their few mainstream names, and I think they're really going to need him. We're seeing Brock more than we ever have in a long time. Um, I, I would be really, really surprised if Seth, if Seth captures this title at SummerSlam. And I, don't, and I don't know if Seth is as big as he was going into WrestleMania 35. Seth, Seth was ultra over. I don't know if that's the case right now. This story with him and Becky and their relationship, I don't think it did him any favors. Well, and I, think- I think they're getting away from that as well. I, I just don't know if Seth is in the same place as he was a few months ago. Is it the storyline with Becky that didn't do him any favors? Or was it the fact that they faced Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans, who are characters that are not appreciated and not liked to the nth degree? And, oh, and by the way, ever since we saw Seth and Becky beat them, they've been vanquished to like an outer moon because we haven't seen heads or tails of those guys. I think, I think it's a combination of, of, of everything you just said. Think about it. You know, Baron does the end of days on, on Becky. And then Seth goes crazy, but he loses his focus. Um, you know, Brock cashes in and he loses the universal title. And then there's no follow-up. Like, the, 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 the next week, they're off of TV and we don't see them. Like, it's, it's, how could there not be a follow-up from that? They're gone. I mean, they, they just disappeared. They totally disappeared. I mean, we like I said, we haven't seen heads or tails of either of them. And I mean, I thought we saw too much of both of them, but I'm really surprised that like they just said they're gone. And maybe it's just going to be a situation like, hey, you guys were in a position. We need to take you off TV for a little while. You're overused. And then we'll reintroduce you again in a couple of months or whatever it is. But the way that WWE does stuff, that that typically does not happen. Yeah, and, and you know what? They could do that, but at least have like a follow-up the next night on Raw. Like, they didn't even do that. Like, you, there has to be an exit plan here. You can't just be like, all right, we're going to snap our fingers and then it's over and then the fans will forget about it. It's just like with the Oscar with Becky. Oscar made Becky tap and then she's off the TV for five weeks. You know, they, they need to have an end to the story. WWE tends for weeks and weeks and weeks. We see a story being played out and then there's never a follow-up. There's never an end. I think that's part of the problem with the WWE right now. Well, and it's pointed out too, when it comes to like the Kofi Randy stuff from the standpoint of, you know, you and I and plenty of others have talked about this until we're blue in the face. And that like history matters, you know, the things that you do, People remember it, and that's what gets people emotionally hooked is that we remember all of these different details, and WWE can do that when they want. And it's it's rare when they when they really do a callback to something that happened years ago like they did with Kofi and Randy. Um, but when they don't do it on a regular basis of, hey, remember this just happened two weeks ago. This happened three, four, five weeks ago. Something that was in just in a rearview mirror, but not too long ago. Those are the things that people remember and they care about and they want you to play off of. And there's too many times where WWE just disregards that stuff. Yeah, it's, and it's happening more often than not now. Like, you know, we, we could always probably bring up examples of that taking place throughout the years, but it just seems like over the last year or so, it's happening more and more. And I think it affects the characters and I think it affects uh, the fans' emotional investment in the storylines. I. I am interested in the standpoint that you think Brock, there's no way Brock loses that title because 
I've always thought that Brock should have cashed in on Kofi because I thought if Brock was going to hold a championship going into the fall, it was going to be for SmackDown. So that way he would be on Fox. Like he would be the champion going into the run on Fox. And right now it looks like if he's going to be a champion going into the fall, it's going to be on raw, which we've seen time and time again. Well, the way things are now, who knows what could happen over the next couple of months before they make that move to Fox. You know, is there going to be the definitive brand split? Is there a brand split for crying out loud? There's not. You see a lot of like, yeah, you you, you see, you know, Roman on both shows. You see, you know, New Day on both shows. You see, you know, they, it's, there's, you know, they had the wild card rule. And first it was three wrestlers, then it was five wrestlers. Now it could be any amount of wrestlers. It's, it's, it's a very cute, uh, very confusing landscape right now in the WWE. They don't even talk about the wild card rule anymore because it's just kind of like, hey, expect guys to show up on one show or the other. But yeah, when it comes to the brand split, I mean, it's not there. And I don't know why they're going to, what they're going to do with this in the fall. Like, are they once again going to say, okay, you are Raw and you are SmackDown and that's it because now the shows are going to be on different networks. It's not like right now where they're both on USA network. I mean, one of them's going to be, you know, on Fox and the other one's going to be on USA network. They're competing networks, you know? So I don't know how that's going to work, you know, when it comes to crossover of talent, maybe every now and then, but I, I just, I have a feeling that it's going to be a little bit more definitive, especially too, if you've got Heyman and you've got Bischoff on these shows and, you know, they want the shows to probably have a different feel uh, a different way that they're booked, you know, just look like different brands that I don't know how you can be crossing over talent. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how they're going to do it, but I know if I'm Fox and when we signed that deal, you know, there was Brock and there was, there was Rhonda and now there's no Rhonda. And then, and then we're not going to get Brock. I, I, I don't know if Fox is going to be happy with having the bigger, bigger superstars on the other show and not on the show that they're on. How would you like to be? I don't know if Fox is going to be happy about that. Yeah, I was going to say, how would you like to be Vince and other people in WWE? And you've got USA Network, NBC Universal in one ear. And you're saying, hey, look at this deal that we just signed. $265 million a year for five years. You know, and then in the other ear, you've got Fox going, we just signed a five-year deal that's a little over $200 million per year. And both of them are going to say, I want this person on my brand. I mean, I can't imagine trying to deal with that. And then you're right. And then if you don't have definitive brands, then it's going to be going back to seeing both on, you know, the same superstars on both shows. And they're not going to be happy with that either. I mean, I, I don't know how you please anybody with the scenario that's going on right now. It's a very tough scenario, especially with Fox on Fridays. I, I, I'm very interested in see, to see how this whole thing plays out. We don't know all of the matches yet. I think we have a pretty good idea how this card is going to fill out. Give me the two matches you're looking forward to the most. Well, I mean, the, the match I'm looking forward to the most is, is, is Natalia and, and Becky Lynch. Based on like what's the crowd reaction going to be? Who are they going to be behind? Is Natalia going to be able to have her moment? Um, is Becky Lynch just going to get stronger and stronger? Could we have outside interference? So, for just for curiosity's sake, it's that match, and then for wrestling's sake, AJ and Ricochet. That 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 that's a match that could just blow the ceiling off the arena. So those are the two matches I'm looking forward to the most. 
I'm going to be curious to see how much time they give AJ and Ricochet. Because if you've got, you know, 15, 16, 17 matches on a show, and I know that several of those will be on the, the kickoff show, but that that's still a lot to get through. I mean, I'd love to see those guys get 20 minutes. I've got a feeling it's been going to be like 12. It's not to say they can't still have a good match, but I'd love to see them get more time. I mean, the match that I really want to see for a variety of reasons is Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns because I want to see how much time they give those guys. And I'm very curious to see what the crowd's going to be like because this is Toronto. And they could be like, hey, you know what? I know Daniel's supposed to be like this nasty character, and I'm sure Daniel would try to turn the crowd against him. But they that might be that such a smart audience. They say, hey, we're going to get behind Daniel, and we really want to boo Roman. I, I don't know what the reaction is going to be like for that. And imagine what that would be like after what we all just said about Roman to be at SummerSlam and getting booed by the majority of the crowd. I don't want to uh, see Roman you know, get booed if he. I mean, he's if you say he wins that match, and I would expect him to win it. Um, can you imagine him get booed again? Kind of like what happened in Philadelphia when he won the Royal Rumble that one year. Oh, that would be terrible. But you don't know, like you said, with that with that Toronto crowd. That's that's the wild card in that match. If mm-hmm. that's the match we say, you know, so. and the crowd's going to be totally behind Kevin Owens. I mean, he, outside of Goldberg, I think, he, you know, he could get the biggest reaction of the night being from Canada, taking on Shane McMahon. There's a lot going on in that one. And people expect that to, to get wild. I mean, I know the stipulation on the match is if, if Kevin loses, he has to quit. I expect them to announce something where it's going to be like no holds bar or street fight or something like that, because there's no way that match stays inside the ring. No, that's going to be crazy. That's going to be all over the place. And, and you're right. Kevin Owens is going to get a monster reaction for sure. at SummerSlam. So outside of if we get Rhonda on this show, do you expect any other surprises or any other predictions you want to give here? Um, Maybe Sasha Banks. Could we see Sasha Banks in that match with Ember Moon and Bailey? Um, outside of that, I don't know if there's anything that could be really earth shattering, but you know, I think Sasha or Ronda making an appearance, I think could be very, very big on Sunday for sure. Yeah. I, I think Sasha back on Monday makes more sense, but who knows what they're going to do. Yeah. You never know. And I think you're right. I think it would make more sense on road, but you never know. You never know. Is there any chance we could see Sasha Banks at the busted open SummerSlam pre-show at the rec room on Sunday before the show? No chance. No chance. No chance. No chance. But you never know. It's free. It's free. Is there any truth to the rumor? (laughs) Is is there any truth to the rumor that because it is free, uh, Tommy Dreamer will show up just to see if he can get some free food? That's very, very possible. You know, I, I don't know who you cook. Listen, I, I have nothing confirmed, but there are some rumors of big guests that would blow your mind, Brian. Ooh. But, I, but nothing's confirmed, so I can't. I, I wish I could break it here on the show, but would, I don't want to lie to the public. Okay, I'm going to play a little 20 questions with you then. And I know you can't give away too much, but I'm going to see if I can get you to at least tease. Would at least one of these guests possibly be a current WWE superstar? Possibly. That didn't sound very good, though. <laughs> what it's the WWE we're talking? It's the WWE we're talking about, Brian. Come on now. What are the chances that one of the uh, possible special guests could be currently on the NXT roster? Uh, 
very possible. Is there a chance that the crowd could be yelling out two infamous words from a NXT superstar in unison? Somebody that currently holds a championship there. Hmm. Very possible. Possible. Hmm. Is there a chance that there could be a Ring of Honor star on your pre-show? Very possible. Wow. I think I'm narrowing this down. Because for people that don't remember, I mean, Ring of Honor's got a big show in Canada, in Toronto on uh, Friday night. Um, That's right. Including Matt Taven defending the uh, ROH championship against Alex Shelley. Um, Yeah. Could it be a current Ring of Honor champion? Somebody that has a championship in Ring of Honor, could that be a person that could show up at the rec room to be part of your SummerSlam pre-show? Maybe. Maybe. I got a lot of possibles and maybes, Brian. I know how this goes. You're juggling a lot of things and you're kind of like checking out schedules, seeing who's available, who's going to be around, who's going to be able to come over. I mean, all you got to do is tell these guys like, hey, man, you can get a couple of free drinks and you get a free meal. They'll show up. I don't know if that's enough, Brian, nowadays. It's I don't not. know if that's enough. I it is for Tommy. Well, Tommy's different. Tommy's, Tommy's family. If that's like having, you know, that's like having Thanksgiving dinner. You're hoping Tommy's going to show up. He's, he's the crazy uncle. While Tommy is on his current diet, and I commend him for that, when he comes in to do the show, is he still openly eating pretzel sticks while the mic is open and just making a mess everywhere? He has not been on the air with me since he started the crazy diet. So I can't mm. definitively tell you if that's going to be true or not. I'm, I'm, I'm curious just to find out about that alone. You need to have Tommy on. Oh, baby. The problem I is that wait. there's a fight between like Mark Henry and Bubba all the time to see like who or boy, like who's going to be guest hosting this show. I can only imagine those battles behind the scenes. Oh, well, we'll see. We'll see if that comes to a head in Toronto. Oh, I think we just figured out another guest possibly. <laughs> Could somebody be getting 3D through a table during the pre-show? As long as it's not me. Will Mark Henry be wearing a salmon-colored jacket? No. Damn it. That I could say for sure, no. Will you wear a salmon-colored jacket? No. Why not? I don't have one. Well, I <laughs> promise those have got to be pretty cheap. If somebody gives me what I'll wear it, but as of right now, it's not part of my wardrobe. Well, maybe I need to get your measurements, and I, maybe I... Maybe for Christmas. Well, thanks, Brian. I appreciate that. Would be a good Christmas present. There you go. See, I'm just thinking about you, man. I'm I'm thinking about you, thanks, and I'm Brian. thinking about I'm thinking about ratings. I'm thinking about fun you can have with Mark. That's all I care about, man. I'm I'm Thank all about you. content. You're, you're always thinking of me, Brian. Thank you. It's just still about content. So everybody can uh, check out Busted Open Monday through Friday, Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel One Fifty Six, nine a.m. to noon Eastern, and then on. Sunday, August 11th, right before SummerSlam. If you are in Toronto, head over to the rec room. It's right across the street from uh, Scotiabank Arena, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern, right before SummerSlam. You can go in there for the Busted Open SummerSlam pre-show. Dave will be there. Mark Henry will be there. A flurry of guests and stars will be there as well in joining with the festivities. And uh, have a good time over there, Dave, and uh, glad we could catch up. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate it, man. 
And uh, please don't be a stranger. I'd love to come on again soon. Absolutely. We'll make it happen. Thanks, man. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to the podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the Between the Ropes podcast on your Apple device, your Android device, wherever you listen to podcasts at. Please subscribe to the Between the Ropes podcast and rate and review us as well. Connor and I will be back for the regular weekly Between the Ropes podcast on Wednesday. In fact, I'll make sure I put up the post on our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash Between the Ropes, where you can leave your questions for that podcast. We will answer them then. And also, you can go on Twitter. Just go to at Between the Ropes. You can use the hashtag AskBTR. You can leave your questions there as well. And we will talk about SummerSlam more, give a more detailed preview of that show. We might actually know all the matches uh, for SummerSlam by the time that we record. And we'll talk about all the other uh, news from the week in wrestling, including the G1, which continues on. We're starting to get a clearer picture about that. I'm sure there's going to be some more news and notes when it comes to AEW, including tickets for their first television taping washington dc and how quickly that sold out so we will be talking about all of that during the weekly podcast we'll be recording that on wednesday so be on the lookout for that thanks again everybody and we will talk to you then 